Hey y'all, welcome to the Memoirs of a Sinner, a personal growth podcast by Her King. I'm over here on Snapchat and I come across this video of this snake called Hank the Tank. I promise y'all this is not a Dr. Seuss riddle. The snake is really named Hank the Tank. He's a King Brown snake out of Australia. And these snakes um, have two ingredients, two ingredients in their venom. They have a neurotoxin that paralyzes and stops you from breathing. And they have a cytotoxin that kills the cells, right? And so Hank the snake is so greedy and aggressive, and he ends up biting his own tail. And it starts killing the cells that's in his tail, and they start dying off, right? He, now he is at risk of losing his tail because the cells are dying off. The venom has gotten into, gotten into his own body, right? And so they call a vet. Uh, to try to help um, keep Hank from losing his tail. And while they are trying, while the vet is trying to help save Hank's tail, Hank is still doing what snakes do, trying to kill, steal, and destroy, trying to put his venom in his next prey, fighting while they're trying to help him. And it brought me to this story of Jesus and Judas and how Jesus was betrayed, right, by Judas um, in the New Testament. And Matthew 10, we see that uh, Matthew 10, 1, that Jesus summoned his 12 disciples. He gave them authority over, over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. The disciples were named Simon Peter. Andrew, uh, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, um, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas. So Judas was also one of the 12 who had this supernatural gift, right? He had the authority over unclean spirits and to drive them out to heal every disease and sickness. God had gave him the same type of a blessing that he gave the other disciples. Not only that, but Judas sat at Jesus's table and ate good with them. And Jesus even put him charge of the money bag, right? But Judas was greedy. In John 12, we see that Judas was complaining about how um, Mary was managing the oil and how they could have sold the oil to give it back to the poor. But in verse six, it says he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, he was in charge of the money and he was still part of it, part of what was put in it. So Judas, Judas being Judas, <laughs> Judas being a Judas uh, was a thief. Right. And so in John 13 two, uh, verses two to three, we know that um, Satan has already put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. For some money and Jesus knew yet still Jesus humbled himself and not only washed his disciples feet 
but he washed Judas's feet as well. Um, he still served not only just the people who were there for him and um, left their, their livelihood to come serve him, but even Judas, who left left what he was doing, left his job, um, and who was not only stealing from them, but was about to betray Jesus, right? Um, and John 13, 21, it says, Jesus was troubled in his heart. Uh, he was troubled. He was troubled in his spirit, and he testified, "I assure you, one of you will betray me." That to me shows how uh, another form of how God has feelings and emotions, even um, Jesus in the flesh, that he was still feel, full of grief, knowing that somebody who, you know, he'd been looking out for, who he's been serving who've been eating, eating what they eat, you know, eating what everybody else eat, not being treated um, differently, that this person was going to betray him. And in John 13, verses 18, when he talked to the disciples and they're like, who going to betray When he announced that one of y'all going to betray me, they're like, who, you know? And um, Jesus says, the one that's going to eat my bread is who's going to betray me. Uh, he said, so... Judas ends up betraying Jesus for some money. And after he realized, like, yo, you know, he felt condemned. He was full of remorse. After he realized, you know, what he just did, he returned the money and he hung himself in Matthew 27. Now, that reminded me of a whole nother story. Like, as I'm I'm re-watching the video of Hank the Snake, I'm processing so much, right? Not by not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit. I don't, I'm not capable of this on my own. But it was brought back to me the story of Joseph, right? So for those of you who aren't familiar with the story of Joseph, it's in Genesis 37 through 45. Joseph has a dream, and he has a dream that um he's gonna be in this powerful position, this leadership position over his brothers and over over his family. And his brothers ain't feeling the dream. They betray him. They sell him into slavery. And even though God gave him this great and miraculous dream, this vision, this um this hope, he was he kept going from one circumstance to another, constantly being betrayed. Like, but on the flip side of that, every single position that he went into leading to God's glory to God's promise was a leadership position so he kept every every time he was betrayed no matter whether whether he was you know in the palace or in jail he was always in a leadership position um had authority over people still and it was a training camp I just it just it renewed my mind to see that Joseph was going through a training camp because his eventual position was going to be leadership over his family, a covering over his family where he could where he could support them and um, make sure they had everything they needed in the time of famine. And so he kept. Although he wasn't seeing God's promise, although he wasn't seeing the dream that God had gave him in fruition. 
God was with him every step of the way. Um, it was humbling him and it was training him for God's great purpose, right? Um, in Luke 6, it says, if you love those who love you, what credit, what credit is it that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. By the end of it, Joseph ended up having to forgive his brothers and bless them, make sure they had a place to stay. They had more than enough food. They lived like royalty, right? Um, but what if he, what if his heart was so angry and full of get back, wanted to betray them back? Would he have been experienced the fullness of what God had had for him if he had denied them when they were in the time of famine, right? Because of what they had did to him. Uh, Luke 6.33 says, if you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is, it, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend. Expect nothing in return. Then your reward will be, will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, just as your father also was merciful. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says, Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no one can boast in his presence. In the world, it teaches us when somebody betrays you or is your enemy, we have to cut them off, set boundaries, play get back, you know, all this different stuff. And the word literally teaches us and tells us that your reward is great if you do what God is telling you to do, right? The opposite of what the world teaches us. Because when you make a worldly decision, there are worldly consequences. But when you live by the law, God pours out his blessings and covers you in the midst of that. Just like Joseph, betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. But look at how everything worked together for the good, right? Even with Jesus, he had to go through a great betrayal and he felt grieved about it, but it had a great purpose, right? an amazing purpose that ended up covering all of us, right? Um, putting us in a position where not only are we, are we forgiven of our sins, but where he pours out his spirit on us that leads us and guide, guides us in a way that we could have never imagined, right? Um, in Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. It is so humbling. It, it, reading this and like processing all of this to get this episode together um, has had me like full like Super, I'm already emotional. Y'all know I'm a crybaby, but has me so full of emotion thinking about how humbling it is to serve the exact 
people or person who have caused you great grief, um, who have betrayed you, hurt you, did you dirty, right? Um, but in every in in both stories, in both the story of Joseph and in the story of Jesus, it had to happen so that the word didn't return to God void. Like it had to, it was orchestrated, right? And so there's a covering in knowing that no matter what type, what, what you're facing, what your what your circumstances are, whatever God told you, whatever per, great purpose or intention he has for you, everything lighting itself up. My pastor preached today about um, experiencing that peace, um, great joy, um, experiencing joy through your circumstances. It's not a happiness. Um, because happiness is fleeting. You can experience hap- happiness in this moment, but the minute whatever made you happy, you know, changes form, then you're no longer happy about it, right? But joy is unspeakable, right? It surpasses your understanding. It's no matter what. I'm a, like, I'm going to stay focused, right? I'm going to keep meditating on what God told me, staying focused and faithful and at peace and know that like Hank <laughs> you end up biting your own tail being greedy and being aggressive like Joe like that's it like Joseph no not like Joseph but like juice like Judas who uh realized what he had done how much how much grief and pain he had caused somebody who genuinely cared about him how he uh ended up killing himself because he's like whoa you know it wasn't even worth the money at the end of the day. I can only imagine what well, it tells us Ju- Joseph's brothers, you know, once he revealed to them, like, look, I'm still alive. Not only am I still alive, but um, here I am living like a king and I'm not going to shun y'all when I can. I'm about to bless y'all. When you know you've done somebody dirty and instead they say, no, here's a blessing. I got you. I'm at the lookout for you. That's a that that should change your heart, right? So if you know you've done something to somebody to betray them or to cause them pain, and you know that they are still blessing you through that, like that should um that should change your heart in and seeing like the good of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, so that you can do better moving forward. And if you are the person that's being betrayed, you got to stay focused, right? You have got to stay focused so you can see the glory of God and not operate in in the world. Because no matter who you are, no matter what position you hold, when you do evil back and when you do the opposite of what God has called you to do or what he tells you to do following his law, then there's consequences to that, right? So. You know, we got to, don't be a Hank, okay? Don't be a Hank. Don't be a Judas. You, like, I know that it makes absolutely no sense, right? Because my human mind is still trying to wrap my, wrap, you know, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for God to continue to remove, to renew my mind, to give me, 
um, his, his, his mind and to silence mine so that I can receive, I, I can continue to receive his goodness so that whenever I'm facing something that looks like this, I can humble myself and not be proud to, um, do, to do as Jesus has already taught us to do. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta push through. All right. We gotta do it, do it God's way. What would Jesus do? We need some more of them bracelets walking around here. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say about that? May need to pause and reflect as we're making decisions throughout life, throughout our days and start asking, what would Jesus do here? It may not make sense to my human mind, but the spiritual aspect of it, when I do what he needs me to do, what he's asking me to do, I'm going to reap a great harvest, a good harvest from it. I love you all in real life. If you'd like to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Insta about her, T-H-E-I-N-S-T-A-A-B-O-U-T-H-E-R, and make sure you subscribe and leave a review.